Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from, your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash BGM podcast for your free audiobook. Welcome to episode 52 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. This is a special episode just for Star Wars fans out there that had the opportunity to watch the film this weekend and want to listen to reactions about what we thought, also discuss conspiracy theories, discuss Easter eggs, the whole nine. So this is a spoilerific episode. If you have not seen Star Wars The Force Awakens, do not listen to this podcast. I highly recommend that you go watch the movie and then from there, come back listen to the podcast. Feel free to leave your comments on SoundCloud. Feel free to tweet me at Black Girl Nerds if you have some issues with what we said or if we if you agree with what we said. You can always use the hashtag BGM podcast on Twitter. Other listeners of the BGM podcast can see your tweets and they can also connect with you and share their feelings about Star Wars. In this podcast episode, we bring on Joelle Monique and Mel Perez. We're going to discuss the film. And then I also got some fan reactions from the movie theater. I went to the movies and stood in line for a while and saw some local folks. So I decided to ask some questions. So I also got some fan reactions from the theater. So take a listen. Episode 52, a spoilerific Star Wars coming at you. Awakens. I'm here with a fan that marathoned all of the episodes of Star Wars. Um, tell us about your experience with that. What, what did you watch and what order did you watch it in? Well, we watched uh, all the episodes. Of course, they are the explanation of all the story. They are technically the new one first, and then we watched the oldest there, you know. And we divided on Saturday night and Sunday all day. There was only one break and everybody, we didn't do it at the movie theater because we could not talk between each other if we had a comment or anything or if we could snack, you know, it would be disturbing between each other. And, you know, in the DVD, thank goodness, you can always rewind and rewatch it and discuss about that particular part. So, very excited about this one now. So. Yes, very exciting. Do you have a favorite Star Wars movie so far? Uh, not really. I'm really curious, though, about this one. Yeah. The, the, 
have to tell you, the first two, they are the most recent, are a little bit more catchy to me because the, the technology, of course, is different. Mm-hmm. And Princess Layla is different, and it's right. more like, oh my gosh, you know, she looks beautiful and... It's, it's very intriguing, I think. The first two episodes that would be the most recent one done with the different technology explain the situation very well. I think they're very clear. And then the last word, the classic, classic. Right. Especially the very last one. That's yes. the classic one that you're like, oh my God, no matter how many times you watch the last one, you're like, you're shocked at, you know, for the right. old story, how it, you know, ends. Exactly. <laughs> Is there a new character in The Force Awakens that you're really excited about? Of course, the new little robot. <laughs> That's something I'm really intrigued to understand and see how that comes from. I've seen so many merchandise everywhere, little Funko, um, you know, ornaments of the character and toys all over mm-hmm. the place. So the merchandising has been on point with that new character. Yes. I saw a lot of merchandise about that. You know, yeah. like they're selling all kinds of stuff. I want to understand what's the subject first, and then I'm going to buy some uh, <laughs> something about it. That's a smart move. It's, it's, it's cute. It's so cute. And the color, the orange, the white. Yeah. Alternative. It seems like more like a girlish toy than yeah. a boyish toy. It's compared to D2R2 from like the old one. Right. We'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. So you said you had marathon the films before tonight. Yes. What was your experience with that? It was kind of confusing because everyone, the first thing we had to spend an hour arguing which order to watch. Do we machete style it? Do we watch the prequels first? Do we watch the originals first? I voted for the originals because I'm an old man. But, and that's actually the way we did it. We, we went in the order they actually came out. Nice. What do you look forward to the most with The Force Awakens? It's going to be nice to see the old characters come back. I, I'm not expecting them to be the stars of the show, and a lot of my friends are, if they're not on it the whole time, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. It's a new story, but bringing them back in is going to make it awesome. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome to a spoilerific Star Wars. We are doing a special podcast just for Star Wars fans out there. Uh, as you know, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, one of the biggest movies really of of the decade has been released and we are super super excited to talk about it first and foremost if you have not seen star wars the force awakens then i highly recommend that you stop the podcast right now because hence the title it is a spoilerific episode so all of that will be discussed what you can do is watch the movie and then go back and listen to this episode which i strongly encourage you um, to do so, we'll talk about everything. We'll talk about Easter eggs. We'll talk about our reactions to the film, uh, what we hope to expect to see in Episode Eight. All kinds of stuff will be discussed. I am very excited to have two great guests to chat with me tonight. I have Mel Perez and Joelle Monique. Hi guys. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Star Wars. Yes. So excited. <laughs> so, so excited. excited. Where do we begin? I mean, let's start with when you first walked in the theater. Uh, what was your theater experience like? What what trailers came on? How many people were seated in your stadium? What what was that experience? Um, okay, so we went and saw a 2 a.m. showing at the Arclight Dome in Los Angeles, which was crazy. And it, it was great because you could tell everyone was super enthusiastic but also exhausted. <laughs> so... 
Like, like when the movie began, people were like, yeah, so happy to be here. Want to go back to bed, Um, which I thought was hilarious. But it was definitely a fully packed stadium. People, we got there a full half hour before the movie and waited in line. And it was 2 a.m. came around. I'm like, we are still not at popcorn. And I don't care. We have to go see the movie now. (laughs) Like most of the line was just like, fuck popcorn. (laughs) Excuse me, guys. Um, Let's go watch the show right now. Um, So that was fun. There was a lot of uh, kind of pre-talking like what's gonna happen and everything but uh it was so much excitement um i saw the movie uh in a smaller theater at 7 15 on thursday and thankfully it was reserved seats so we got there 20 minutes before the movie started and just settled into our nice comfy chairs <laughs> um there were a lot of people in costume which i didn't expect um the previews were horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh terrible why it's would you throw a star trek trailer yeah. You know what? I, I feel ripped off. I did not get a Star Trek trailer in my I theater. And I didn't get the Gods of Egypt trailer that everybody was cool. upset about, which I, I, I feel okay. Yeah, I, I feel okay about being ripped off about the Gods of Egypt trailer. But, people um, were mad about that? People were upset. They were mad as hell. You know, the blurred community, of course, was oh, mad I'm not, about like, that. I thought people were mad because they didn't see it. But I can understand being mad for seeing it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, the, the Star Star Trek did not play. The, the trailers that did play in my theater was um, Batman vs. Superman, X-Men yeah, Apocalypse, Kung nope. Fu Panda Part 3, yep. what? and The Jungle Book. I saw The, the Jungle, Jungle Book, which I like. Yeah. But yeah, and then I saw um, the World of Warcraft movie. Oh yeah, that played in mine. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some movie called The Fifth Wave about, I don't know, a YA book that was made into a movie about kids fighting evil aliens that shape shift into people. I don't know what it is. But it looks weird. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, my theater was relatively small. I was surprised that there weren't a whole lot of people. There were still lots of seats available. I went on Thursday night at 730 was when my screening began. And nobody dressed up, but everybody was wearing Star Wars shirts. I mean, Love literally it. almost every single <laughs> person had a Star Wars shirt on. So that was Aww. pretty cool. Um, you, you could tell that the, the group that was there were, were huge fans. So, yeah, so let's get into talking about The Force Awakens. Yes. Give me some of your, your reactions. What what did you think about the movie? What did you like about the movie? Let's start there. Oh, my God. What, it, okay, cool. <laughs> I, like, I like so many things about this movie. I like, like the, the, the minute the Lucasfilm logo came on, like, oh. I, I started crying. I was, <laughs> so I beautiful that I can't be objective about this movie. So even if it was bad, I would have said it was good. But yeah. it was really good. I had to rate this movie on two different scales. I had to rate it for a Star Wars movie, and then I had to rate it as cinema overall. Um, and as a Star Wars movie, just a like so many pluses, all of the pluses. It's an amazing film uh, for Star Wars fans, I think. It's just, uh, I mean, just to start at the beginning, that opening shot of like yes. the plane zooming down, and then we're with all of the the stormtroopers and you're like what we're starting with these guys this is where we're well, that opening like, oh. shot yeah the opening shot that's a callback to empire and i'm like right. there are so many callbacks yes oh it healed it healed all the scars that the prequels left on my heart i feel like it was really the goal of the film like i've heard a lot of criticism uh that it was too nostalgic or that it you know, didn't move far enough away from this. But like, you have three movies, just terrible, 
horrible movies to climb over. And this really sets the stage for where we can go from here. And yeah. we get three new amazing characters. Like, who? how do you even choose your new, like, favorite character? Like, Ray is amazing. Poe is fantabulous. Like, of course, Finn is just, is oh my gosh, all that melanin on the screen. Sunshine and unicorns and everything. But so, I heard that criticism that it didn't move far enough away from the other movies. And then I don't get that because it's a sequel. Sequels don't usually become radically different from their predecessors. It's in the same universe, using the same characters, and it's a continuing story of the other movies. So, like, what did they want them to do? Like, completely different people. Han and Leia aren't in it. It's a different planet, different stories. I mean, come on. It's it's a whole universe, though, and it's 60 years later. So I understand the criticism so far as we still have, like, we didn't, like, the First Order is not that different from, you know, the uh, Emperor or all of the other, like, dark side things we've seen. And I get, like, I, I feel very conflicted. Like, this feels like a first movie of a trilogy to me. Like, we didn't get that much new stuff like it's set up for everyone to have their own independent adventures mm-hmm. in the future which i think is cool and so i feel like it has to be viewed from that way i hope that we don't get because literally every scene was a callback scene yeah I don't think there's yeah a single moment in the film that isn't a callback to a previous moment in star wars history and that can feel kind of heavy at mm-hmm. times where you're like okay i get it but I also think, again, if we're trying to erase, you know, episodes one, two, and three and move forward into the future, I feel like this was a smart move on their part. It doesn't go too far away, so you're not alienating fans, um, but you're also giving new people the chance to understand and comprehend this huge universe. Um, I think it's a good play for the first of the trilogy, but I do hope, especially as far as Finn and Rey go, that we get new, that we're not repeating Han and Leia's story, that we're getting a new, a new storyline. Yeah, I think it was a great retreat from the previous episodes four, five, and six, and it should be because this is a continuing narrative. Mm-hmm. And and it, you're right, there were a lot of great throwback moments, like uh, BB-8 having secret information that mm-hmm. is pulling away from the villain. The villain wants to get this map that is going to lead them over to Luke Skywalker, and that was definitely a throwback to the previous films. And I think that that's great because you know the previous films. There's a reason why they're doing these throwbacks. There's a reason why the nostalgia of Star Wars resonates with so many people because it was a great story. Yes, <laughs> you know, and and stories do, re- you know, history does repeat itself in different ways. So I, it, it makes sense that they did do some throwbacks to the previous stories. But again, that it it makes sense for how they're going to continue the narrative. And then there there was a lot of setups for future episodes that it it did make sense that they went in that direction. Mm. Yeah, and considering that they're going to have a different writer and a different director for each of these movies, I feel like we're going to get different movies. It's not going to be all reminiscent of the previous ones or this one. It's just going to be, you know, the story continuing, but in a different way each time. Right. So as far as the performances go, was there anybody, was there a standout performance or was there anybody that shocked you where you were like, oh, wow, I was not expecting this? Or was there a performance that was a little bit lackluster? Can we talk about Kylo Ren? Okay. (laughs) I have so many thoughts about Kylo. I, the whole, his, first of all, his entrance is masterful. Like the very first time I see him, his ship is scary as hell. And then he comes out and he's scary as hell. And, um, oh crap, I can't remember the actor's name. Um, Adam Driver. Driver. Thank you. Adam Driver is doing great mask work and body work behind all of that heavy material. It's so good. But I was very upset with the reveal of his actual face. His face, like, <laughs> audible laughter in my theater 
when his mask comes off. Oh my gosh, that, people were laughing. Yeah, and oh, I think 95% of it is the hair. Like, all of that swoopy 70s hair, I was like, no one could have tied that back or done, like, <laughs> even shaved his head to make him look more sinister. He looks so soft. I and was, I was surprised the- they had him looking the way he looked in Girls. I thought they were going to change his look a little bit, but, Me yeah. Too. Me or maybe too. he can't because of Girls, he, the shooting schedule. That's mm-hmm. true. That's, yeah. that's a good point. Star Wars would care, though. I, I wonder how much Star Wars, like, if you're coming out of Star Wars, like, I feel like you probably have to be 100% prepared to do whatever the role requires. Right. I don't know. I didn't I didn't really care about the <laughs> I just, you know, my, and I had did this in my write-up, my only issue with um, Adam Driver was I didn't really feel like he looked like, okay, again, spoiler alert, you know, it's revealed that um, his character Ben is actually Han Solo and Leia Organa Solo's son. Mm. And I didn't really buy the fact that they were all related. Like, he really didn't look like he could be their son. But, you know, I I think uh, overall, Adam Driver did a phenomenal job. Uh, I really preferred him as Helmet Kylo Ren as opposed to Ben. So much more. Um, And the voice was great. I Mm. feel like so much of that is... Um, I read a review the other day that was saying uh, Kylo Ren is the what uh, Anakin was to the audience. So Anakin's supposed to be super badass and can do anything and becomes, you know, the great Darth Vader. But to the fans who saw the prequels, he's a sniveling child. Right. <laughs> he can't get anything right. And Kylo really kind of awesomely exemplifies that. You know, he's so torn between, you know, light and dark, even though yeah. he's, he's dedicated to the idea of being on the dark side. But there's clearly some inner turmoil about that. And, you know, him going just ham on the computer system, which I thought was so great. This whole this whole idea of him being childish, it brought it made it more diverse instead of just dark and light and pure evil. Exactly. You have this kid I mean, who's struggling to to find his own identity. They showed the conflict in this movie so much better than the prequels managed in three movies. Uh, The conflict between light and dark and what path should I take? All of that was handled so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my only issue with him having these temper tantrums, it happened way too often. Like I get it. We, you know, he's, he's a kid and he's immature and he's not as tactful um, as his Darth Vader. So I totally get that. But I just thought that they did it a little too much. And it didn't make sense that if he was going to have these temper tantrums to take it out on the equipment, <laughs> that they kind of needed to track Luke down. Uh, <laughs> that is, though, a very so, like, thing to do. Yeah, like logically, like, it I, just didn't make sense. I don't sense think about it. consequences. I just do. I just do. Yeah. yeah. I think it might have been better to uh, just cinematically if the temper tantrums had built a little better. Because they started with that sword just melting the computer, which I thought was pretty. And then after that, I think his second one is he's beating something else up, but or he just takes out his sword. I feel like that if the tamper, temper tantrums had built better, if it had started off, off small and kind of gotten larger as the movie progressed, we could have seen that anger build instead of going just zero to a hundred. Right. I think it might've worked a little bit better cinematically, but I did, I do like that his, he's so childish because it makes that moment, um, Super spoilers, guys. Seriously, if you haven't watched it, don't listen. Um, when he kills Han, like, it makes that moment so much better. So much better that he's so childish. Because as an audience member, like, I feel like there's a lot of cues where I'm like, oh, this is happening. This is really going to happen. But at the same time, just the way Han touches his face. It was so and, like, sweet. This, I'm so yeah. Sweet. I need your help in anything. Anything. You're just, I don't, no. just like, no, Han, walk away. Walk away. Run away from your child. He's so scary. He's definitely <laughs> going to kill you. 
But I think that the childishness made that scene work. Yeah. I. You know what? That scene when he killed Han, I did not... Like, I wasn't shocked by it. I totally saw it coming. Yeah. The yeah. moment that they were on that bridge together and had that exchange, I was like, oh, yeah, Han's going to die. It, Before that, when Leia's like, bring him back, I'm like, he's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and and I thought I thought he was going to push Han over the bridge. That's how I thought he was going to die. I wasn't expecting the lightsaber, like, stab through the heart. So when that happened, that part was shocking. But I wasn't shocked at all. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people in my theater weren't shocked either. Like, this one girl yelled out, I knew it. So... <laughs> Somebody screamed in my theater. Really? Someone screamed out loud. And I was like, that's a real fan right there. Yeah. I like, gasped loudly. I knew yeah. it was going to happen, but when it happened, it still got me. It still hit me. Oh, I was yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it was, an, it was a necessary evil. Like, <laughs> Han's story is over at this point. So it, it totally makes sense that they did what they did to his character. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't get too sentimental about it. But I, I could see for especially yeah. Star Wars fans that were, like, huge Han Solo fans, I can understand why you would feel that way. And plus Chewbacca, like, crying out oh, the way he did. Chewbacca crying. Leia's reaction to it. And Leia's oh, reaction, gosh. yeah. I, I could totally see why you would get a little emotional. Yes. I and then I feel so bad for her because not only did she lose Han in that moment, she also lost her son. Both of them yeah. are gone her now. That's true. Yeah. yeah so and I, her brother. Where's her brother? She doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Every, everybody's orphans in this movie. I mean, really, think about it. Ray's an orphan. Finn is an orphan. The whole movie's about abandonment, I felt, anyway. And yeah, about true. kind of making your own family. Which, to switch back to favorite character moments, Ray and Finn, I was, at first, just before the movie started, I was like, I don't even know how this is going to work. Like, this is the first film. Am I even going to be able to believe them? Is she just going to be another Princess Leia? I instantly believe their chemistry. Those two are so good together. So on good. Cute together. Yeah. So cute. Instantly rooting for them. I, there was no, like, who do I pick? Who's my favorite? Like, I honestly don't know how one could choose a favorite. They are magnificent. So funny. And just the whole back and forth of, like, I'm going to protect you, but I also have to protect myself and trying to move past these abandonment issues. Um, to really and how they together. trust each other. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, trust each other to get the job done mm. i really love at the beginning like that moment where he's running away from the um the the airstrike that had happened in J- uh, jakku and he's trying to hold her hand and she's like no let go no. of my hand <laughs> but i i just that that moment was very tender for me seeing that because that was like the first moment that you noticed that finn liked her you know oh, yeah. and um i kind of wanted them to kiss i was like can they just kiss for like one second but no I, they have to build up I, to yeah that. and yeah. and then i thought about it i was like okay they have to build up but it was great seeing that passionate hug um exchange between the two of them but yes. they they do you got you guys are right they have excellent chemistry where he ba- he went back to the base for her even though that was his worst nightmare <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so beautiful it was so like every moment was just sweet and then the fact that she had just already saved herself. And he was like, no, I'm trying to make a plan, Han. You don't understand. And Han's like, dude, behind you. She's already escaped. She's good. <laughs> so great. And then, of course, Poe, who funny as hell. Oh, yeah. my gosh. The bromance in this was marvelous. Yes. Like, why are you rescuing me? You need a pilot, don't you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So great. They they did have excellent chemistry in that getaway scene. Like I was just like, okay, I could just see these two with their own movie. This is great. Mm. I, I I would be okay with that. 
I would totally go to the theater and, and support that movie, just seeing them in their own buddy pilot film. So, Absolutely. yeah. Like if Poe, um, Finn, Ray, and Chewbacca were on the Millennium Falcon and that was the rest, that was the second movie, the entirety of the second movie, I would be for it. I'm like, I'm good with this. The actors could carry it, too. <laughs> like, yeah, there would be no could. doubt. The adventures of, you know, this group. Yep. Did anybody else's theater, um, like, praise and applause the moment that the Millennium Falcon appeared? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and what a yes. great way to reveal that. <laughs> what about that ship? That ship is junk. That ship will work. And then the <laughs> back around and you're like, holy cow, it's a little bit like, wow. What a yeah, my theater clapped up pretty much everything. Lucasfilm, when Han mm-hmm. popped up, when the Millennium Falcon, when Leia popped up. Yellow Scrolls. Chewbacca. Oh, was, yeah. When... Cheering at everything pretty much. When the credits came on. When we saw people's names. <laughs> yeah. When C, uh, C-3PO showed up. and yes. Yeah. R2-D3PO C-3PO had the best reveal to me. I'm so sorry. I know I'm in the minority on this, but the minute he just interrupts this, like, such a touching moment between Luke and Leia, he's like, hello. You're just like, oh, my God. You're back. What's up, buddy? (laughs) And I loved his interaction with BB-8. Yeah. So, so great. Like, BB-8, like, going back to who our favorite characters were and what were the most strongest performances. um, Yes, (laughs) the strongest performance for me was BB-8. Like, seriously. (laughs) BB-8 stole every single scene. Every scene. in love with him. I read that BB-8 was a girl, but they definitely only referred to BB-8 as a boy in the movie. It's very confusing. It's a robot. Seems pretty genderless to me. <laughs> but um, the BB-8, just everyone was freaking out every time. Like, especially the moment when uh, Finn has to tell BB-8 that uh, Poe died. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, and this whole, like, just the heavy head and stuff. I felt yeah, it was so sad. But I fell in love with BB-8 in the um the first flight ship when they first get in the Millennium Falcon and they have that awesome like escape scene and BB is like bouncing all around and is like forget this and just shoots out these three things. And I was like that's amazing because I didn't know how you were gonna be able to make a ball versatile right. as far as like getting through these battles and things. And I thought that was such a genius way just to have all of these uh output kind of tools that uh, the robot could use to survive. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I really loved his interaction with Finn when Finn had to kind of lie about <laughs> being with the resistance. And then, you know, BB-8 <laughs> was like, hmm, hmm, putting his head to the side and stuff. So that was that was a really cool interaction to just show how human uh, BB-8 can be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that was great. I mean, there was there was some really phenomenal performances. I just I, loved everybody. But look, what about that fight scene, the lightsaber fight scene, Finn against Kylo and then Kate uh, Ray against Kylo? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just uh, what I really liked about that moment was first that Finn was just like, he was doing it. Like, mm-hmm. no training, no nothing. Like, he's pretty good exactly. with the blaster, but he's So, he's very weak with the sword. Like, we could just say it. Like, he's not yeah. skilled yep. with the saber. And so, for the bravery of just storming in there and being like, I'm going to take out this Sith Lord. I don't care. Right. We're going to do this. And then just to be beaten so badly. And for Rey to, to step up and the minute you're like, this girl has the force. Like, oh my gosh, the reveal of the lightsaber was so phenomenal. The yeah. editing, incredibly yes. spot oh. on. I was feeling like, I that was when I got chills. I was like, this is amazing. Just for them to walk up and then um, after all the flashbacks and everything, to be like, this is the Jedi? Like, we're getting a female Jedi on screen? Oh my god, I'm so excited. Like, she's the main person and 
like just to have like and then to watch yes. the whole world split the two of them apart in like what I assume is like an earthquake or the star exploding just as the earth is ripping apart. It's cinema gold. Cinema mm. I'm going to watch that flashback scene again because I read an article that in, you can hear Yoda's voice and then you can what? hear Obi-Wan's voice, both Alec Guinness and um, Hugh McGregor. And then Hugh McGregor is saying, um, Ray, take the steps into the Force. I can't remember what it was, but it was something, you know, specific to her and the Force and her making that journey into being a Jedi in that moment interesting that is interesting i mean I, I know that there's been some theories out there about that scene alluding to the fact that she has a twin um and oh my gosh okay. i didn't even get that i just thought she was luke's daughter that's what i got from it well <laughs> yeah everybody it, i mean it's it you could say absolutely 100 percent, and i believe so too that um she's luke's daughter because you know she's force sensitive and she's pretty much playing the role of luke through this film and then of mm. course at the end the interaction that she has with Luke. And then there was also something that Leia had said that alluded to it as well. I'm trying to remember what that is, but it, if it comes up, I'll think about it. The um, but there were, me- there were a lot of moments that definitely alluded to the fact that um, she could be Luke's daughter. But there was also the flashback moment that there could have been a possibility that she's a twin. And someone had told me this on Twitter, and I want to give her credit. This is Noel Gardner on Twitter, said that in the expanded universe – that there were twins. Yeah, um, Kylo would have a sister. Kylo had a sister, goes, right? Yeah. yeah, which I'm weirded out because Disney has already said like this is old. All of the extended universe stuff, aside from the movies, is now called Star Wars Legends. So yeah, yeah because they're taking creative liberties from the extended universe. So which a we, lot of I that really will parallel. Don't want her to be the sister. I don't. So many yeah, things don't make sense to me in the first movie. I think I think she could be related to Poe. I mean, Poe is like this great pilot. So was Luke. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I I think that there could possibly be a linkage between those two as siblings. That would be drastically more interesting than how did Luke and Leia not remember their child? Why did they abandon her on a planet with nobody? I mean, in flashback, someone's holding her back. Out of fear of um, Kylo coming after him and killing her. Mm. Because he wanted to kill the Jedis. He wanted to be, you know, the only one left with all that power and he would have killed her. So it was better to get rid of her, leave her somewhere where, you know, no one would find her than to, you know, leave her somewhere where it's easy to get to her. I could see that if, if they knew she was force sensitive at a young age and decided to hide her there. I guess that makes sense. I still just want her to be just a person and not related. Cause that's, that's to me again is when people say like, we're rehashing too many old things, like the whole, Surprise, their brother and sister is a thing we've done already. Right. And it's not, and if we're guessing it this far into the future, there isn't a lot of payoff in that in watching the movies. Like, I want to be surprised by Star Wars. I liked going into this feeling nostalgic and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping they decide to move mm-hmm. away from established canon and do, because again, like you guys said, they have so many new writers and directors coming yeah. in for every project. They should feel in, like, obviously a part of the same universe, but I want to hear independent voices within the Star Wars universe if that makes sense. So I'm really hoping that she's not, I mean, if it is, what am I going to do? I'll, I'll take it. Obviously I'm going to show up either way, but <laughs> I really want it to be surprising. I just like the symmetry of the grandkids of Vader, one on the dark side and one on the light side. Yeah. Fighting each other in an epic battle at the end. I just like it, but she, if she was her own person and what wasn't related to anybody, that would be nice too. 
Yeah, there was also some talk about Finn and his relation in the Star Wars universe. And one of the things that I was hearing was, um, well, first people were saying that he could be related to Lando. And then I had read somewhere that someone had actually posted in the comment thread of my blog post, which I thought was a really great connection, that he could be related to Mace Windu. So if that is the case, because right now we don't really know if he is Force-sensitive, but if he is, um, then the connection to Mace would make sense. Um, but then there was also talk out there about him being related to Han Solo. Um, I, I want that to be so true because I want Han Solo's black wife to show up. Right. So Santa Solo would obviously be would show up. And that would mean if that was the case that he wouldn't be force sensitive, which is kind of what we saw in this film. So I, you know, that that would be, I would like to see some kind of, I think we will see some kind of connection to Finn to one of the characters from Star Wars, you know, by relation, whether it's by blood relation or by marriage relation. Mm. But that would have to make sense for him to, you know, be such a prominent character as well. And also can explain uh, the reason why he was working with the stormtroopers with the First Order. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like, how would that explain how he was working with the First Order? Well, I think I think it would explain it in terms of like, okay, so he was taken away from his family, mm-hmm. right? So I, that's and that's where the backstory comes with with Luke Skywalker and also why he failed to be able to get Ben to be on the light side of the Force. Like I just feel like there's some connections there, and I it, 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 there's some missing pieces to the puzzle, obviously, because that's what I had an issue with at the end of the movie. Like, I felt like there wasn't a lot of closure. I felt like it was a little too ambiguous for me to try to figure out where all of these little stories connect to one another. That's what gives me hope for the future. Right, right. That's, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's, it it sets us up for the next one, but I would have liked to have just a little bit more pieces. So that way we can kind of speculate and get an idea of who is going to emerge and, and how each of these characters are connected but yeah, I guess I have to wait and be patient and not be greedy and get it all at once. <laughs> wait, <laughs> Can we talk about years. some of the B characters? Because like, Maz Kanata, I was so prepared to just be pissed about Lupita's character. Like, yes. she's a goddess and so beautiful. And when I was, they were like, oh no, she's fully CGI. And I was like, no! And then I found out, like, she's not even in that much of the movie. I was like, well, what are we even doing? Like, why did you even hire Lupita? And then I saw the movie and I was like, well, there you go. That's exactly why you do it. Because she's amazing. <laughs> I think she pops back up. Yeah, I think she's definitely going to carry on the Yoda-like character for the other um, episodes. Um, I I was happy with Maz Kanata. I think she did a phenomenal job. I I really liked the way Maz was connected intuitively to Rey, and I I definitely hope to see more of her. I have a theory that maybe Maz can be some sort of creature that shapeshifts into beautiful creatures and Ooh. one image will be exactly like Lupita Nyong'o. Um, <laughs> that would be wonderful. So that would, that so would <laughs> that's my hope for Maz Kanata. Cause I, I feel like there's gotta be a reason why they cast Lupita in that role. Like the mm-hmm. most gorgeous woman on the planet. There has got to be some reason further down the road, why you would cast her in that role and that she cannot just be completely CGI'd through this whole series. So well, there were so I many cameos be... that it's mm. possible they just cast her just because they knew they could cast anyone in this movie. She, The character felt so important to me, though. Like, especially, so first when she calls out Finn for wanting to run away 
like her being able to see so much of people just by looking mm-hmm. in their eyes, it she does feel very Yoda E. Like I, I'm convinced she must come back. And then her guiding um Ray not even to the sword, but back from the sword. <laughs> like, you're gonna be okay. We're gonna get you the training you need and you're gonna be able to stand on your own two feet. We know what you've just witnessed is crazy, but it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. I just she feel like had she had a lightsaber in the first. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like someone trusted her enough to know like it's gonna be safe here in her keep. She's got to play a bigger part. And even I hope so. Yeah. Damn, Lupita's so good. <laughs> like, I think she was so- probably the one who um got Luke out to wherever he is. Mm. Because he must have given her the lightsaber. So he was there at some point yeah. and she's good at transporting people, so probably stopped by and was like, hey, I need help. Get me out of here. And then she got out of there. Yeah, I, I, I think there's probably definitely a direct connection to them, for sure. So was there anything about the movie that fell short for you? I, I pretty much expressed mine, that the ending fell a little bit somewhat flat because it was ambiguous, but I understand we have a sequel to wait for. But what what were your gripes about the film, if any? I have no gripes. Like, I'm firmly awesome. drinking the cultist Kool-Aid. I'm back in. I'm back in the film. Awesome. I mean, even with that last scene, the ending, the minute I saw the cloak figure and when he lowered his cloak and I saw it's Luke, I mean, Luke is my favorite character and I oh love Mark Hamill. Aww. So I pretty much died right there in the seat. I'm like, I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. Mark Hamill could win an Oscar for those six seconds of facial yes. expressions. He just gave me life. I was like, oh my gosh. That was beautiful. I mean, you could have just poured me in a bucket and taken me home because I was just pretty much melted in my seat. Mm-hmm. I, I again, I feel very torn because as a super Star Wars fan, I'm like, yes, all the nostalgia. But as a cinema person, I'm like, we can totally do more. You literally have an entire universe to play around with. Like, there's so many opportunities, and I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that this is just the establishing. Setup. Yeah, yeah. I'm really hoping they're like, look, here's we're gonna erase all those terrible three movies you guys had to endure. Here's all of the things you love. Here's all of what we hope to bring you in the future. And here's something to just enjoy until we get everything else, you know, kind of organized and, and set out. So it it was very confusing <laughs> watching us so emotionally torn because every time they brought a character, I was like, yay. I was like, oh, well, we already know this person. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't have too many gripes about it. As a Star Wars fan, it's hard to complain. Yeah. Um, the other gripe that I had was Captain Phasma. I really wanted to see more of Captain Phasma. Yeah, okay. Because the trailers, kind of, yeah, that's a great the trailers did mislead us a lot. She was mm. very prominent in those trailers, and I thought that she was going to be, you know, kind of like a main character for yeah. um, for the Dark Force. But um, then we just kind of saw her for a few minutes, and then, of course, we only saw her with her helmet on. Um, so I, I was a little disappointed because I love Gwendolyn Christie, and she kicks ass as Brienne in Game of Thrones, so... It would have been nice to have seen her face as well as just have more screen time with her character. But I know we'll probably see more of, you know, Captain Phasma so. in the next one. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, her character design is flawless. Like, that outfit. It was ooh, so nice. It was. So nice. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Because we didn't even talk about Supreme Leader Snoke. Speaking of great characters. Yeah. Oh, oh so scary and huge. Just ginormous. And I'm wondering what his real size is like. And then there's so many fan theories about who he is. And Andy Serkis, 
Oh, just, brilliant. Just, what a just, gift. Give man an award. Just give him something. I know. Make up a category. I don't care. The anti-circus award and just give it to him every time yeah. he shows yeah. up on screen because, holy cow, his embodiment of just pure evil is so great. Yeah. So great. And I've heard all kinds of fan theories. Uh, two of my favorites are that uh, he is, right, I can't remember, the, the original Sith leader who taught um, Palpatine because Palpatine says in episode three that um, his master has uh, mastered uh, death. Like, he can't die. He is very decrepit-looking, so I can see that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that makes sense to me. And then I heard another one where the scars um, that Kylo Ren receives are very similar to the scars um, Snoke has. Hmm. Hmm. And so people are making some assumptions that maybe he's guiding himself. So the scar that Rey caused? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, huh. so I'll be interested to see what Snoke's whole deal is, but so then maybe there's a there's an interaction with Snoke and Luke then that parallels that theory. There must be. There must be, and either way, I hope we get to see a lot more of him in the next one. Because yeah, oh, I'm we will. Terrified in a long Definitely. time. Yeah, because then that scene where he was like, you know, take him back. Um, we to, train him. Yeah, so we're complete his training, and and I think that that's where we're going to get more of the backstory of Ben, of Snoke, and of Luke, and what happened between you know back then and now, um, and why he decided to to go to the dark side so I, and i want to see some dark side training we've never actually seen that yeah that's yeah. so true that'd be interesting yeah that, that the whole perspective of that next episode would be about their point of view of ooh, the dark ooh. force like that i would, really like that I we, get a little bit, we get a little bit of it in the clone wars tv show i don't know if you guys have watched that at all but we see a lot of that with like um all of palpatine's um trainees He's got like six. He's so many. Um, <laughs> he really does. He's Darth Maul. Um, uh, this ooh, senator. Okay, it'll come to me. He's got Darth Maul. Eventually, he takes on Darth Maul's brother for a hot second in the show. Not why can't I remember the Jedi that fought alongside uh, Yoda? It was Yoda's apprentice, and then he joined Palpatine's mm-hmm. order. Um, so we get to see a little bit of it there, and it's kind of gritty and dark and awesome but it would be really great to see that evolve especially with somebody who's kind of has a desire for the light side because that's definitely we definitely have never seen yeah. a Sith Lord struggle with continuing to be evil right um and also I, just why why do you want to be so like where does all of your hate come from is this just teen <laughs> angst or is it something deeper yeah because I think like you know the first order is kind of um, linked or parallel to the Nazis, you know, the Nazi yes. regime. So, like, that would be interesting seeing the training of the First Order and how that came to be and how people back then in, in World War One and World War Two, how they became Nazis, like how they were recruited and what, what the whole brainwashing um, concept is all about. So I, I think that would be interesting to see that kind of perspective in the next episode or in future episodes to come because like you said we've never seen that yeah absolutely especially alongside general hux who was um kind of at odds with uh kylo ren the whole time as far as what the dark side movement should be i really feel like he's gonna come in and try to take out kylo because he doesn't seem like he's pro kind of the the force there's always been kind of, uh, as yeah. Far as, yeah, as far as the guys go, they're not really into the whole magics aspect yes. of things. <laughs> he wants to do things with a, a military hand. 
So I'm interested their big see... planet-sized weapon. Yes. Holy cow, what a weapon. Just drawing energy from the sun to blast the crap out of planets. And then, <laughs> and then I did have to chuckle a little bit at like, oh, what do they have? Like another Death Star? And then they're like, yeah, but it's like 15 times bigger. I was like, wow, that's... It's, it's funny. It's just, it's weird to me. Uh, again, like when you have an opportunity to create an entirely different weapon and you're like, it's just going to be bigger and draw energy from the sun instead of internally. Mm-hmm. I that still will take it though. <laughs> The amount of destruction they can do at one time, that is frightening. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Well, this is good. I, I mean, I, I really had a great time watching this film. I definitely need to watch it again a second yeah. time. Uh, were there any Easter eggs that you guys stumbled upon while watching? What? I mean, I don't mm. haven't been able to find anything about the the puppet things they use. Like, they had a lot of puppetry, especially in the first act. Uh, like the bird thing that they kind of just move past. Mm. And I'm wondering if that was like a callback to Jim Henson kind of doing some of the early stuff Aww. with Star Wars. I hope so. It felt like it. In my core, I was like, oh, this is really great. Um, so I don't know if that was anything. I'm trying to think of things they didn't yeah. call direct attention to. Daniel but- Craig? Daniel Craig was not there? I yeah. missed that. I saw that on Good Morning America, and I was like, where was Daniel Craig? So, was the um, one in the cell with her that she mind made? Oh. Wait, did so we... he was the one with the mask on? Yeah. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I that's what that body saying. language There's was so many good. cameos in here where they got big people to play parts. I, I totally noticed that. Like the, um, the scene with uh, Leia, the, uh, the general Leia and her team, there was a lot of famous people that were there. Like yeah, I don't Shia LaBeouf was in there? Shia LaBeouf was in it? That is what, what I heard. Somebody said he had a single line in the movie. What's the, um... The huh, guy from... The guy in... that was in Heroes was a part of... Right. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in um, all Abrams films. And then the Asian dude that was in... He was on Lost, and he's been in a lot of yeah. TV shows. What was the guy in Game of Thrones? I can't remember. The kid who was, like, the, um, the seer who was helping Bren. He was in it for one scene. Hmm. Oh, the one who died two seasons ago? Mm -hmm. What is his name? I did not. The one who's looked the same for since he was a child. Yes. uh, From. um... You're not talking. Wait, you're not talking about Bran. No, not Bran. The guy who was helping him. Oh, Okay. I don't I don't remember his name, but he was in. Oh, wow. See, that's why you've got to see this movie for like at least two or three, (laughs) maybe um, four times. (laughs) Prima, whose last name I can never pronounce. He played Martha Jones in Doctor Who. She was in it for one scene. I think I saw her face. Oh, Simon Pegg is in there. He plays the uh, character that uh, she's dealing when she's still on Jakku and she's trying to sell these parts and he offers her all that money for BB-8 or all those food rations rather. That's Simon Pegg. Um, and Warwick Davis is in there too. He pays a Wolven, but I don't know which character. Everybody was in this movie. Everybody. Oh my gosh! Where was Shia LaBeouf now? You said Shia was in it as well. I heard that he was on the ship. Uh, he he. I can't even remember what line, but somebody's like, "No, I definitely saw Shia," and I'm like, I still haven't been able to find anything about it, whether he's in there or not. So I don't know. I can't say for sure. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Judah Freelander is in there. He plays what? a bar patron. Yeah. 
uh, I guess when they uh, when they were at Maz Kanata's place. Yeah. Oh. How, everybody and their cousin was in this movie. Why couldn't I be in this movie? I, seriously, like if I had the opportunity to be in Star Wars for like a second, I would just be you like, don't even yes. Have to see me. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I would be honored being on the cutting room floor. Like, I would just be okay with having the credit that I was there. <laughs> I don't even need a credit. If I was there and I thought it was enough for me, like, I was cut, I, I got the credit, I got nothing. the same airs, J.J. Abrams and the whole crew. Like, that would be enough to... Especially since the next one is being directed by Ryan Johnson, and I love him. So if I could be in that one, that would be very nice. I'm putting it out there in the universe. Let me be an extra... Oh, okay. So, Ryan, I, for some reason, I thought uh, Colin Trevorrow was going to do it, um, director of Jurassic World. So it's Ryan Johnson that's slated to direct the next one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm excited about yeah, me it. Too. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Carrie Fisher's daughter was also in the movie. Ooh. She, yeah, she was, like, at the main base, uh, like, alongside Carrie, doing just background stuff, nothing important. But she showed up. Do some of you guys, if you guys are watching Scream Queens, she plays uh, Chanel number three. Wow. I am not watching Scream Queens. <laughs> it is fun. No, I kind of want to see it for that. I, I, I couldn't get into it. I watched that first episode and live tweeted it. It was way too much. Ryan Murphy had pushed my limit with the racist jokes and all of that crap. I couldn't get into it. But Ricky character is was a turnoff for a while, but then the, the further the show goes it gets better <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you say that with a question mark i'm not convinced to watch it i'm sorry congrats to jamie lee curtis though for her golden globe nod for scream queens obviously oh, nice. obviously she's turned out a great performance but she deserves so much better um <laughs> needs to get shout outs for star wars like aside from actors like I really like all of the costume designs. Yes. I think they were fabulous. From, like, even Ray's, like, it seems so simple, but it... Oh, my gosh. It's practical. Yes. It feels real, like something she would actually wear as opposed to, like, I don't know, slave slave costume. Yeah. Um, Even, and I like the way, uh, oh, my gosh, the whole jacket exchange between Poe and Finn. Yeah, that was great. Did you guys notice a goof with that, though, with the jacket? Because the, you know, the ship that had crashed and it burned, but the jacket was still, it, it was still intact. I, I didn't yeah. understand how that could be. Because well, <laughs> Poe says he's ejected from the ship and that he wakes up later and no one's around. That was a little confusing. I'm like, when did you wake up, though? Like, did you not see dude laying on the ground or did he how not see you? ejected? Right, that's the question. And then, how did he get back home? I have no idea. There's so many. Yeah, there, there was some questions there. there. I wondered that when I saw him, and I'm like, I'm gonna let this go. <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm, let this go. Enjoy I'm this. going with this thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did he get home from Jakku? I thought that was the whole problem that no one could get home. And then no going back, get off, I got home place. <laughs> and then going back to the wardrobes, I really loved Ray's outfit at the last scene when they go back for Luke. And she's yeah. wearing like those long sleeves that go up to her elbows, and and that outfit was just banging. I was just like, yeah, somebody's gonna be cosplaying hard with that, <laughs> <laughs> with that outfit next year. And shout out to them for making everything dusty and sandy and dirty and broken in, and not this beautiful CGI veneer that the prequels yes. had over everything. Right. Yes. 
Like, yeah, it looked like that, an inhabited universe. They didn't use much yeah. CGI, which I really appreciated that. I really oh. appreciated that. I really want to go back to more practical effects in filmmaking and stop CGIing every single damn thing because it just, I don't know, it takes away from the story too. It's I'm very jarring. Marvel for this. Yes. <laughs> Use it as a tool, not as a crutch. As a tool. Thank like, you. I think what they did CGI was amazing. But, like, a lot of the ships were practical, including the, like, exhaust kind of uh, uh, fog that spits out underneath the ships was practical, and that looked great. Um, I think some of the fire was practical, which is awesome. Yeah. And they just really go the full, the whole nine yards to get everything right. It looked like a Star Wars film. Yes. It felt like a Star Wars film, and I'm really hoping that any holes in the films are purposeful and to be filled in at a later date. Um, it'll be interesting, especially because Rebel One is the next one coming out, uh, but it takes place before the events of uh, The Force Awakens. Right. I'm interested to see how those stories fill in, or if they do fill in, the main part of the trilogy. Mm. Be interesting. I think it gives a subtle background. I can't imagine it being bad. Disney has yet to make a big flub with any of the new properties they've purchased. Mm-mm. Yep. That is true. Disney never fails. This is Star true. Wars, Marvel, they just, they own it. <laughs> they own everything. I mean, really, has there been a Marvel film that has failed? Yes, there are Marvel films that, like, suck in our eyes, but has it actually failed box office-wise? Failed. They've no. all done really well. Yeah. If Avengers 2 is the closest you've come to disappointing anyone, I think like, that was cool, you're okay. Yeah. And then that broke records. Exactly. Exactly. Well, great. This was a good discussion. Thank you so much for chatting all things Star Wars. I hope those of you that are listening that you guys love the film as much as we did. And uh, feel free to use the hashtag BGM podcast on Twitter and tweet your comments. Let us know what you agree with, what you don't agree with. There's also a post on blackgirlnerds.com that I wrote of my opinions about Star Wars The Force Awakens. And also on SoundCloud, check us out there. You can leave comments throughout the track of the podcast episode. So let us know what you think there. So thanks so much to Mel, to Joelle. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Wait, okay. can I say one more thing? Yeah. <laughs> I think people are funny. I just saw this. Uh, so they did the casting for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And Hermione is black. What? Oh, yes. so she's actually canon. She's yes. a, okay. It's well, it's about black damn time. Thank and she's Lord. a black, dark-skinned black woman with short natural hair. So wow. I'm like, I can't say this. <laughs> Girls, get out. This is the best news. That we're getting a I'm hypeable right now. So if you go black. to hypeable, yeah. Nice. Oh Hermione, Hermione is black. Yes, Hermione is finally canon. <laughs> <laughs> And we're getting a show. Guys, this has been a great week for Black Girl Nerds. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> this is phenomenal. It really is. I cannot wait to see that. That's awesome. I, that, you know what? And, and I, I will openly admit I've done this during our confessions hashtags that I have not seen the Harry Potter movies. This would encourage me to want to watch Harry Potter because representation really does matter. And when you see images of people that look like you, you mm-hmm. are encouraged to want to watch. You are like more inclined to be like, okay, I want to see what this story is all about. So that's awesome. Yay. 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 <laughs>